football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, hello there. We are back in, and we are renewed, we are refreshed, and it is the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs, typically in and around the college football and NFL season, morphing into the college basketball season. But we're back, we're back with a purpose, and we're back for good. Throughout this summer upcoming, you're going to hear lots and lots weekly from us on Three Dog Thursday. I am your somewhat capable host. He is senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. Always love the insight on everything, but in specific about underdogs, from Kevin Rogers. Good to be with you. You just thought you were getting rid of me for the summer of 2019. No, no, no. That will not be the case, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I had my phone turned off for a few weeks. I thought I was in the clear. But, uh, no, it's, uh, I guess the, the football never ends. So that's, uh, that's good. That at least there's a lot going on uh, with the draft and uh, looking ahead to 2019. That is a big part of what we're going to do on this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Because, obviously, we don't have uh, the games going on uh, right now. But the NFL draft has just transpired at the time that we're taping. We're going to come off the NFL draft and talk about that. Kevin and I will have some thoughts on uh, what stood out from the draft that took place in Nashville uh, in just a few moments. A little later on in this podcast, Kevin has been uh, eager to talk about the Kevin Costner movie uh, centered around the Cleveland Browns and sports and the NFL called Draft Day. And Kevin, this is the fifth anniversary. That movie debuted five years ago in 2014. So you mentioned to me, I want to talk about Draft Day. And I said to you, we got to get my colleague, the famous Jay, Jay Betzel from the We've Seen That Movies podcast and have you two uh, dissect and go over draft day. So you up for that a little bit later in the podcast, talk a little draft day movie and have Jay on the show? Yeah, I think I can do that. All right, very good. Uh, Vontae Mack, no matter what, right? Do you have your yell at posted notes out right now as your notes for the uh, for the show today, for Three Dog Thursday? Um, yeah. I'm wheel and deal like Sonny Weaver. So, so as long as you don't smash the laptop up against the wall like he did, the intern's laptop, uh, and break it every which direction. So if I say to you, coming off of a draft where Kyler Murray was taken number one by the Arizona Cardinals, which had been anticipated, it had been predicted for a while, and then took some interesting turns, including what the Giants did, taking their quarterback at number six, Uh, Some other interesting picks that were made along the way. The Raiders always seem to be adventuresome with their picks, including taking a running back later in the first round. If I say to you, give me something that stood out from the 2019 NFL draft, what would you say? Well, first of all, with that first round, I I will admit it wasn't very thrilling that, and I, and I get that, you know, as, as fans, we get excited about the skill position players. Where's the quarterback going? Where's the wide receivers going? I can't get excited about offensive linemen getting drafted. I just can't. I know a lot of and teams <laughs> need these players. They're, they're very valuable to these teams. But defensive linemen, offensive linemen just don't get me excited at all. So you, know, you didn't have necessarily like last year, you know, four quarterbacks early and, you know, pass. And also Kyler Murray, we know, was going number one. We knew Nick Bosa was going number two that there's weren't a lot of surprises, at least early on. I'm not going to call it a boring draft, 
there was definitely a lot of uh, storylines. But I, I will tell you this, though, that this pick that the New York Giants made with Daniel Jones out of Duke, I know that this guy Gettleman, the GM, you know, was taking a lot of crap from it. With the situation with Eli Manning and the Giants where they're going nowhere, I hope this guy Daniel Jones does well. I hope that they are wrong, that all the fans are wrong on him, and that this guy turns out to be better than people think because, you know, they're ripping the pick, but maybe the Giants have a plan. Maybe they know this guy can be something you know he could be he could be the future for this team who knows well let's talk about that because that was clearly the swerve moment uh, of the opening night the opening round on Thursday night because a lot of people believed that if it was going to be another quarterback after Kyler Murray that it would be Dwayne Haskins the Ohio State quarterback who who broke the single season touchdown pass record at at Ohio State and in the Big Ten uh, won the Rose Bowl I was never that sold on him to begin with. I don't know that I'm that sold on Daniel Jones of Duke, whose stats are not tremendous. Yeah, he's got some size. He's got some mobility. That was clearly the swerve moment. What I will say is a year ago at this time, and Kevin, you know this, they didn't take a quarterback. When the barrage of quarterbacks started and Cleveland took Baker Mayfield, the Giants had an opportunity to take Sam Darnold, the USC quarterback. They had an opportunity to take Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback, or Josh Rosen, the UCLA quarterback. They didn't want any of them. They took the running back, Saquon Barkley. And what did we hear all last season as Eli Manning struggled, no matter how good Barkley was running the ball is why did you not take a quarterback of the future well now that's what Gettleman has done and New York sports fan can't handle it they they want it both ways now they want to scream about taking a quarterback Kevin after after a year of of griping and complaining that you didn't take one well I will say this that they really would have a point if Saquon Barkley was a bust or they went a different direction Saquon Barkley this is where He's in a tough spot because he's an excellent player and had a great year for the Giants. It's just that they did, they needed a quarterback, that they didn't need him. But he had a great season. He's obviously very talented. And if they had the right quarterback there, now that Odell Beckham's gone to Cleveland, that, you know, maybe they could, you know, have this as their as their one-two punch in a sense. But that's where, you know, the Giant fans look at it. Like you said, if they had Sam Darnold and they didn't get him, he goes to the Jets. It's not like Sam Darnold went, you know, to you know the Raiders and went somewhere across the country. I mean, New right. York sports fans are following Sam Darnold there in the same city and saying we had a shot to get him and we didn't get him. But I don't really think they could be disappointed with Saquon Barkley. I think that he's kind of caught in the crossfire here because I think the Giant fans like what he does, but they say we still need you. And now you're getting a guy like Daniel Jones who isn't Sam Darnold or who isn't. You know, uh, we don't really know how good Josh Allen is right now. And Josh Rosen, obviously, you know, the jury slotted him with the Dolphins. But, you know, you had better quarterbacks than this guy that you selected, but yet you went this way. Why did you do it? Well, that's very true. All right, so uh, that was the Giants and their quarterback situation. You just alluded, and you're based in South Florida. You alluded to the trade for Josh Rosen on night two. Again, what had also been rumored. It was the second half of the rumored uh, selection of Kyler Murray to the Arizona Cardinals was Josh Allen, or I'm sorry, Josh Rosen uh, now being expendable, and could the Cardinals find a trade partner? They didn't find anybody if they really tried that hard, and apparently they were, to give them a number one pick on Thursday night of the draft. But night two, almost immediately, they seemed to have a deal in place throughout the afternoon and the evening with the Dolphins for a second-round pick. It ended up 
happening later in the evening on that Friday night uh, with the Dolphins giving up a late second round pick for Rosen. All right, you're in and around South Florida. There's been a lot of debate before and during the draft and now after the draft. What do you make of that move where the Dolphins clearly had a need to try to find their quarterback of the future? I think it's a great move. Uh, I think that a lot of fans were excited about it. It seemed like the local media was not that excited about it, that, that they thought, oh, you're, you know, some, some writers thought, you know, this guy's got an attitude or, you know, look at his numbers last year. He gave a high pick for him. I think all of that is garbage. I think that this is a team that's going nowhere. They need a quarterback. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was in Tampa last year. We had two really good games out of the gate. And then after that, you know, went downhill. And he's a, a veteran quarterback, nice guy to have on the roster. I can put up a few good games. But the Dolphins needed some kind of spark. And from all accounts, it turns out Josh Rosen's a very good guy. It's just that he's outspoken. doesn't make him a bad guy. He's just outspoken. He's not, you know, just a typical oh, well, whatever happens, happens quarterback like Brian Tannehill was. You know, Tannehill was a nice guy, but, you know, it was just quarterback speak, and there was no, there was nothing to get excited about with him. With Josh Rosen, he was in a tough situation in Arizona last year. Offensive line stunk. He had no weapons. Larry Fitzgerald's at the end of the line, you know, and they were 2-14 and 14 or 3-13, or and 13, whatever the record was last year. And with the Cardinals wanting Kyler Murray, you know, I'm sure Josh Rosen would rather be in a place that he can play. He's not going to sit behind Kyler Murray, and obviously Arizona wasn't going to keep both sure. those guys. So so the Cardinals basically were like, we want to get Kyler Murray, and every team is like, we're not giving you a first-round pick. We know you want to dump this guy, so why are we going to give you a first-round pick? The Dolphins traded down. They got an extra pick from the Saints uh, for next year, so that worked out, and they give a fifth-round pick, and they swap positions. I think that for a guy like that who has potential, who was drafted number 10 last year, you got to take a shot with him and see if maybe this is your quarterback of the future. I agree with that. That's the voice of Kevin Rogers. TJ Reeves with you. It's Three Dog Thursday. We're talking about the NFL draft and what took place here. And again, we're kind of we're in the offseason of being able to predict actual games, although I am going to get Kevin's opinion about Rookie of the Year. It's never too soon to start debating Rookie of the Year. A preseason snap has not been made, much less have we played a regular season game. But of course, we got to make some, some kind of prediction on Rookie of the Year, even at this early stage uh, in early May. Uh, we're glad that you're with us here. And, and on the Rosen thing, I, I think this is very commendable, uh, Kevin. He took the high road. He, he, he did not bash the Cardinals through any of this. He showed up at the workouts. He played it absolutely the right way. It is not his fault that uh, Steve Kime, the owner, and Michael Bidwell, uh, the, the owner, and Steve Kime, the general manager, elected to hire Steve Wilkes as the coach elected to allow Steve Wilkes to bring in Mike McCoy as the offensive coordinator, and Wilkes was panicked because of how bad they were and how bad they were losing and fired the offensive coordinator like six games into the season last year. And then ownership and GM decide Wilkes is not our head coach, even though he's only had one season. We're going to fire him and go a completely different direction with the college coach, Cliff Kingsbury. None of that was within Rosen's control. None of All of that is out of his control, the hiring and the firings, and yet I thought he handled himself with class. Uh, he, he didn't rip the organization during any part of this. He didn't publicly demand a trade. He played it the right way, and I think that bodes well for Miami in terms of the leadership. I have no idea if Rosen's going to be effective as a Miami uh, quarterback for the Dolphins this year or next year. I do know this. Chris Greer deserves a lot of credit 
because Arizona, Kevin, you know this, paid Josh Rosen a lot of his salary, his four-year contract in the opening year. They paid 11 of his $19 million in year one. So the Dolphins are really getting a quarterback for just over $2 million a year, low risk financially to find out if he's if he's good. Chris Greer deserves a lot of credit for making the trade and how financially smart it is for Miami. It's not like they have $30 million guaranteed invested in Josh Rosen, Kevin. It's a no-brainer of a trade, and, you know, again, this is something about excitement for the fans that we don't know what Josh Rosen has. We don't. But the the fact of the matter is, when Ryan Tannehill was at Texas A&M, nobody knew about him. Like, nobody in South Florida was like, oh, yeah, we saw right. this game. And he wasn't Johnny Manziel. It wasn't something like, you know, Josh Rosen, at least at UCLA, there was a lot of pub around him, and you saw that he had the potential of being a pretty good professional quarterback. And it didn't work out in Arizona, and you know what? They think they found a better option in Kyler Murray. Okay, so be it. The Dolphins don't have a better option. And to say, we're going to tank next year, we're going to get two up, it's not easy. I know their schedule is tough this year, the Dolphins, but it's not easy just to say we're going to go 2 and 14 because you find a way to win four or five games, you're going to be, in today's NFL, the third pick of the draft. Like, just because you go 5 and 11 doesn't make you the number one pick. Like, you have to be bad, bad to get that number one pick. And I don't know if they would be at that point to say, all right, we'll pass on Josh Rosen. We'll go with Fitzpatrick and see what happens. And then what if you don't get, you know, one of the top two or three quarterbacks next year? I think that this is something you got to take a shot with. If it doesn't work out, you have quarterbacks on the board. If your team stinks this year, if your team is somewhat decent, then you find your quarterback to the future. And you've got a first-year head coach trying to get acclimated. So it's kind of a, it's the same kind of thing again for Rosen, but he's got a veteran Fitzpatrick there with him. And like you're saying, you're down in South Florida. Most of the expectation is the Dolphins were going to be bad anyway. And maybe Rosen can make them a little better. Maybe they end up winning a third, fourth, or fifth game that they weren't going to win. Maybe it ends up being a fourth, fifth, or sixth game. Or an even more pleasant surprise, I don't know. Uh, it's just interesting with the pick. couple more moments on the draft. And again, uh, the famous Jay, Jay Betzel from our We've Seen That Movies podcast is on the Ready to Talk Kevin Costner Draft Day movie with Kevin Rogers and me in a few moments. If I say to you, my friend, give me a team that you thought really helped themselves. We don't know. It, it usually takes a couple of years to find out if it was a really good draft, two or three years. But right now... Uh, first blush looking at this, give me a team that you really thought helped themselves last weekend in the in the NFL Draft 2019. Who would that be? Do you have one? Well, I know that you uh, kind of were down on it, so I'm going to go the other direction. I think the Redskins with Dwayne Haskins, and, and I'll, I'll tell you why, that with the gruesome Alex Smith injury last year, the Redskins have no quarterback. They, they don't have anything, and they got Case Keenum there. Now, after the Denver thing didn't work out, I think that that's just, all right, we have no one else to go to. Haskins being from Maryland, I think that, you know, he's excited to, you know, go to Washington and hope to be the next franchise quarterback there that, you know, we've seen the Redskins, they've been competitive. You know, this is a division that still seems up for grabs. You know, I mean, I know the Giants are in rebuild mode, but the Eagles, now that Foles is gone, Carson Wentz has to stay healthy. The Cowboys, you know, we just never know with them at times. But if the Redskins, who, who they're kind of like the Dolphins in a sense, they've gone through this merry-go-round of quarterbacks that hasn't worked out, that this can be their guy for the future, 
then you know maybe that helps them get to the playoffs. What do you think, Montez Sweat? Is the as the second first round pick as the defensive end from Mississippi State? How about did we ever think in an NFL draft we'd see three players from Mississippi State all on defense taken in the opening round? But that's what happened uh, the other night in the 2019 draft. So Sweat is a big pass rushing defensive end. There have been questions about a heart condition for him. Uh, although the the NFL doctors reevaluated him and said it's not as bad as what we initially thought. He, he is going to be able to play with the condition. You just got to watch it with medication and doctors so he's the he's the other first round pick they took Bryce Love the running back from Stanford talk about injury questions again he's had knee problems at Stanford but of course last year uh, the the Redskins took Darius Geis the LSU running back he never played in the regular season he hurt his ACL in the preseason and was out for the year they have Adrian Peterson the aged veteran and now they have Bryce Love what do you make of that for the running back situation real quick in Washington why not? I mean, you might as well just get more guys. I mean, guys we saw was a guy that was a good pick last year, but, you know, unfortunately got hurt early, and uh, that's somebody that's got potential. And Bryce Love, you know, you mentioned the injury thing. When he's healthy, that's a pretty good running back, too. And Adrian Peterson, we know, isn't playing forever, so you guys just, just stockpile players and hope that you hit on some of these guys. Well, and in the case of... Uh, of the Redskins, they got Bryce Love in the fourth round. So that's a value pay. I mean, there was there was a lot of talk about Heisman Trophy for Bryce Love his last two years at Stanford, that he might end up being a very high draft pick. None of that obviously materialized, but let's see if he comes in hungry. I, I like a team in the Dolphins division, and obviously in the division with the world champion Patriots, a team that's won the Super Bowl three of the last five years. It's not the Dolphins, it's not the Patriots, it's not the Jets. I have no allegiance, no tie to the Buffalo Bills, but I thought they did well. They sat tight at number nine and ended up getting Ed Oliver, the big defensive tackle, very athletic. Uh, of the Houston Cougars, Oliver reminding some of Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that he is going to be Aaron Donald, but he's got a great explosiveness, quickness as a defensive tackle. Maybe that will help. I like the kid from from Florida Atlantic, Devin Singletary. I saw him in person in the Conference USA Championship game a couple of years ago. This kid ran for over 55 touchdowns his last two years at FAU. I know you can you can uh, belittle competition and say his competition was not very good, but he goes into a backfield now with LaShawn McCoy, with Frank Gore, with some veterans. I think Singletary could be good, and I like uh, maybe a little Florida bias here. I like the Florida. Uh, pass-rushing outside linebacker Vosan Joseph that Buffalo got in the fifth round. I thought the Bills had a solid draft. I'm not going to sit here on Three Dog Thursday and Kevin and say they're going to supplant the Patriots and win the NFC East, but I think Buffalo can be an 8-9 win team, and I liked this draft. Give me a quick thought. Yeah, I mean, look, it it all kind of goes on to Josh Allen. If Josh Allen can throw the corner this year and be uh, a good quarterback and be a franchise quarterback for them. You know, they have some pieces there in Buffalo, obviously, you know, Buffalo and New York and Miami, all the same problem that they're stuck in the same division as the Patriots. They're the only teams in the NFL that every year know they're not winning the division. So uh, every other division in Cleveland can win the AFC North this year. No one else is winning the AFC East unless Tom Brady gets hurt. So, you know, they're a team that's going to have to settle for a wild card potentially. But uh, yeah, I mean, we know Buffalo, is always going to be in that six to nine win range. It just depends if they can get some breaks. 
We will find out. I like Sean McDermott, the coach. We'll find out if the Bills can be better. They're just a team that that stood out to me. All right, what stands out to me now is you have been frothing at talking movies. So even on Three Dog Thursday, we're going to cross over and talk an NFL draft movie right now. So as promised, uh, Kevin has been chomping at the bit. I, I get the feeling that you you feel slighted right now because we've been talking movies over on the We've Seen That Movies podcast. My co-host, the famous Jay, Jay Betzel in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I have been doing that. And I, I got the sense uh, in, in talking with you off the air that you feel insulted right now, Kevin Rogers, that we had you on around Final Four time and we've not had you on since that time. Yeah, all you do is get me up for sports movies. That's all I'm good for. Nothing else. You can't get me up for 16 Candles or for anything <laughs> else. But Karate Kid. Right, right. Well, but you you were saying to me, draft day, draft day, and I said, wait a minute. All right, we got to have an arbitrator because uh, I'm kind of iffy on draft day. You're big on draft day, so let's call in the famous Jay, Jay Betzel, to kind of be the third and deciding judge, deciding factor on whether Kevin Costner, Jennifer Gardner, and uh, and Draft Day is a worthy movie. So here is Jay Betzel with me, my co-host from We've Seen That. Hello, Famous Jay. What's up, guys? So my favorite movie critic is Richard Roper from Chicago Sun-Times, and I think he says it best the way I would put it, is he says he gave the movie a B. He says it's a sentimental, predictable, sometimes implausible, but thoroughly entertaining old-fashioned piece. And that's how I feel. I love this movie. All right, so you agree with that. This is the 2014 movie that came out, obviously, five years ago, right around the NFL draft, where Kevin Costner is playing the uh, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns and trying to get them to resurgence. And, of course, there's a love angle because Jennifer Garner is the salary cap front office person, but it's it's also, we find out, we come to find out from the very beginning of the movie, they're romantically intertwined and they're they're actually going to have a baby together. So, Kevin Rogers, your take on draft day with Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner. I did not see it in the theater. I don't go to the theater, so I wait for everything to come on TV. And I saw the preview for it. I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll see what it is. And when I watched it, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, this is entertaining. Everything's real as far as, like, the teams and all that. Because I always find it hokey when you make up team names in movies. You know, you got to have professional teams. And they do that, you know, with the Browns and with all the other teams they had in there. But... Kevin Costner was like the king of the sports movies. You know, he's in it, but it's also a terrific cast. I mean, Jennifer Garner was very good in it. Dennis Leary as the head coach <laughs> is fighting with Kevin Costner the whole movie. You have uh, uh, Frank Langella as the typical owner. The second time he's played an owner of a movie because he was an Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg as the Knicks owner. Right. So now he's changed over to the Browns. But you have that. You have... Chadwick Boseman, who was Jackie Robinson, who was James Brown, who plays Vontae Mack, the famous line, Vontae Mack, no matter what. And it just was a movie. It moved along. And, yeah, there were some some crazy trade proposals and trades that got pulled off. I get that. But at the same time, it was a movie that kept my attention. And isn't that kind of what you want from a movie? It's not a documentary. You know, it's just an entertaining movie. And... You know, that, that's all. So I, I thought it was pretty decent. I uh, I should add, and Famous Jay, I want your thought here. The NFL was behind this movie, as Kevin was mentioning. Uh, so they're actually using scenes from the draft and, and uh, intertwining uh, the fictitious players for the real team. So the authenticity is there. I love Dennis Leary, Jay, in this movie as the coach. The coach that Cleveland has ripped away from the Dallas Cowboys 
And at one point, he's so angry with Costner's character, Sonny Weaver Jr., about his strategy that he just metaphorically takes a piece of paper and lights it on fire with a cigarette lighter, uh, with, a, with a handheld lighter, and says, this, this is the draft plan. This is our future when he's, when he's lighting it up. So I love Leary in this movie. movie. What else did you love about it, Jake? Because I can tell you, lo- you loved it. Well, Sam Elliott's one of my favorite actors of all time. I wish he'd been in it a little bit more because he was basically on that phone call about Bo Callahan. Like, Bo Callahan has no friends. You know that? I wish he'd have been in a little bit more. A funny uh, side note, and we've seen that. We always do some trivia and some fun stuff. Funny side note on that is Bo Callahan, the actor, was Josh Pence. And you remember the movie The Social Network where Army Hammer plays the Winklevoss brothers? Yes. Josh Pence was the other one. They superimposed uh, Army Hammer's face on <laughs> He's but, the he's the body Kevin Rogers. This is why we love Jay. He was the body double. Uh, I, I don't know if you realize that, uh, Kevin. I didn't realize that until I read something about it. Maybe even a couple of years later, that there were not uh, twins. That Army Hammer was the was the actor for one, but the other was the body. And so you're saying Bo Callahan was the body double. The next time that we see the Social Network about the making of Facebook, how about that, Kevin Rogers? I, I, I'm going to one-up you, Jay, on this, okay? Go for it. That's a very good one. I'm going to one-up you. The security guard, remember the guy who kept, you know, giving Kevin Costner all the information, and he really annoyed Kevin Costner? You remember yeah. him? Yeah, I do. He was Warren from There's Something About Mary. <laughs> ah. <laughs> a little diversity in his acting there. At some, at some yeah. point, I just have to step aside and let Kevin and Jay do their thing with all the, uh, the one-upping and the trivia. The one thing that I will say is I thought they tried way too hard with the family angle, with the mom, with the fact that Kevin Costner's fictitious dad, Sonny Weaver Sr., had only died, what, a month earlier? We've got the crazy sister being played by Rosanna Arquette. They want to come spread the ashes on draft day while all the mayhem is going on out at the practice facility because that's the dad's wish. That seemed a little over the top, a little forced, a little Hollywood to me. What about you first, Kevin, then you, Jay? Kevin, what do you think? One, I, I don't want to, I mean, I guess I'll correct you. Wasn't Rosanna Arquette's ex-wife in the movie? Yeah, the ex-wife. Forgive me, yes, okay. ex-wife, yes. Okay, uh, okay, just want to get that out of the way. I agree with you, like, those scenes I can kind of, like, move forward from. Like, the only scene where, uh, who is, is it Ann Bancroft, or who is who is his mother? Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn, yes. Ellen. I get those two confused, Ellen Burstyn and Bancroft. Okay, so Ellen Burstyn, at the beginning when she says, you know, you sold uh, you, you, you sold a cow for magic beans or whatever, like, <laughs> that was a good scene. Then after that, like, I didn't get all the other stuff. Like, that I can fast forward through. They did all that. I agree with you. Okay, Jay, was it forced? Um, maybe a little bit, but I want to point out that this movie, you know, as much as I love it, it's definitely a fantasy because Roger Goodell did not get booed when he came out to do the draft. <laughs> the draft. And then also there's I really couldn't figure out. I'm not a math guy. I'm a journalism guy. But I couldn't figure out how the owner of the Browns, Anthony Molina, was able to fly back from Madison Square Garden or wherever they were, Radio City Music Hall to Cleveland in a matter of like three draft picks. So. There's a couple of things in there that they're definitely are on the fantasy thing. So I think they might have tried to bring a little realism back with the family drama and just kind of add a little bit more to his already stressful day. 
Love it. Um, a few more moments. That's Jay Betzel joining us here uh, as part of Three Dog Thursday. Jay and I do the We've Seen That Movies podcast. You can find that podcast via Red Circle. We're always promoting it on social media. You can also find it via iTunes and wherever podcasts are found. Check us out there. We're talking about the Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner movie draft day. Jennifer Garner's great in anything. When you go back to Electra, when you when you go back uh, to some of the other movies that she's made uh, in the in the '90s and the 2000s, um, I I love her in this and, and went along with the whole love angle. Again, I just I didn't have to have it be totally over the top um, throughout this, and and of course that weaves in and around the plot because. Uh, his angst is is over trying to make the draft picks for the Browns, but his angst is also that she has told him that day, again on draft day, that she's pregnant. And their, their relationship is now changed and going to have to go to the next level as father and mother uh, on this. So I, I, what about Jennifer Garner? One more time around the room, Kevin. Well, I, well, I thought she did a very good job. I read an article uh, a while ago that she knew nothing about football going into this movie, that she actually went to the Browns facility. They had another female executive or someone there that she kind of shadowed and was talking to about all this stuff because she had no clue going into this whole thing. And she pulled it off, seeming like she really like knew a lot about football, at least her character did in the movie. And yes, you, you know, I know you had, had to have the romantic angle, but, yeah, you don't have her, you have no females in the movie, then it's just a bunch of guys, so they had to find a way to break that up a little bit and do it. But obviously, you put any female Kevin Costner, and it works out well because of just who he is. Jay, what about it? I thought she did a real good job, and, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, she, she totally came across when she's making fun of Dennis Leary when he's showing off his Super Bowl ring, and she says something along the lines of, how's the most masculine sport, the thing that everybody shows off as a piece of jewelry? You know, I, I thought she did a good job. Um, I want to also throw out, I thought Arian Foster did a pretty good job playing Ray Jennings. Did y'all like him? Yes, the former NFL player playing a draft pick. I remember seeing that in the theater and going, man, that's Arian Foster. My wife's going, who's Arian Foster? And I explained to her that's a that's a prominent NFL running back. And, and Chadwick Bozeman is good. And so that's become a metaphor now, Vontae Mack, no matter what, on a yellow Post-it note, because that was uh, Kevin Costner's character, Sonny Weaver's mantra that day of trying to acquire these draft picks and, and make moves, et cetera. And, uh, and again, Jennifer Garner had not only done Alias, the successful show on ABC, the hit uh, weekly nighttime drama, but right before this, Jay, she had done the, uh, based on a true story, Dallas Buyers Club with uh, Matthew McConaughey, where McConaughey ended up winning the Academy Award. That was the year before Draft Day came out. So she was she was actually rolling in the early part of the 2010s when Draft Day came out. Right, and you know she was obviously in the comic book stuff with Daredevil, Elektra, and then obviously Chadwick Boseman, who played Vontae Mack, we now know played Black Panther. So a lot of this just kind of it set the stage for a lot of the stuff these actors were going to be doing or had already done. All right. I know Jay's got to run in a second. Anything else, uh, Kevin Rogers, about the movie Draft Day here with uh, with you and, and Jay Betzel? You're giving it two thumbs up each, I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, it's a good sports movie, and it's a decent movie, you know, and it's, again, it doesn't have to be 100% realistic, you know, I mean, it is what it is, and they they kept uh, they kept our attention, it seemed like, for the entire movie. That really never got boring, so that's kind of what you want, and then you know, in the end, did they win the championship? No, they just, Costner made things right that he screwed up earlier in the movie, 
and then that was it. And you hope that they did well, but there was no like, oh, they did this. They went 16 and 0 the next season. Like it was just, they did it. And oh, by the way, to one other guy you forgot to mention, uh, what's his name from the WB show? Uh, who was the quarterback? Uh, Brian, um, Brian Tom, Drew, Tom Welling is the, is the actor that played Brian yeah. Drew. Right. He was on that CW show, uh, the Superman show. So he was also, um, whatever the name of that show was, he was pretty good in that too, as like the quarterback that wanted to keep his job. And so it was a pretty good cast. Like you had, you had pretty much across the board, uh, for a movie like that, that seemed, that seemed hokey on the surface. That was a pretty good cast. Well, and it's typical of the Cleveland Browns, all the optimism around the draft. And then they come running on the field in a full stadium to begin the season. That's the end of the movie where they're running on the field on opening day. And then it doesn't matter from there because the Browns usually are out of the playoffs by early October. So <laughs> the movie kind of held true in that regard. Uh, Kevin, we had, a, we had a blast talking with the famous Jay, didn't we, about, uh, about we've seen that. We had a good time uh, here and about, uh, and about draft day with Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner, Dennis Leary and crew. Hey, before we go, can I throw in one more fun Please. fact? Please. So uh, Kevin mentioned earlier about Warren from Something About Mary. So the character, Jeff Carson, who is the Jacksonville general manager that yes. kind of pulls the wool over in the trade, um, his the actor's real name is Pat Healy. Pat Healy is the character that Matt Dillon played in Something About Mary. There we go. How, how about that? Six degrees of separation <laughs> again from There's Something About Mary, which might have to be a future we've seen. Hey, I, I try, I try. And Brett Favre, obviously, from that, uh, from that movie. Famous Jay, great job. Thanks, guys. Did that satisfy you about draft day there with Jay Betzel joining me and, and talking about that movie? I know you're anxious to come back on the We've Seen That Movies podcast, but did that at least temporarily satisfy you with a movie take here even on Three Dog Thursday? It did, but I appreciate also getting uh, invited to the parties that are non-sports movies too. Okay, so you're looking forward to some of the ones. I mean, we're going to be doing Lethal Weapon coming up on that show and some of the other movies from the 80s and 90s. We recently did uh, The Karate Kid, for example. You even referenced 16 Candles when we were in there. We kind of go back and forth. It's got everything from The Fugitive to Christmas Vacation. You mentioned you were on the Blue Chips show, uh, all of it. Uh, you know, the Shawshank Redemption, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, we love talking about those as part of We've Seen That. Uh, we're coming to the end of this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Again, no underdog predictions on this, except one more thing. They have put the Rookie of the Year odds out, and Kyler Murray is the overwhelming favorite, uh, Kevin Rogers, to be the Rookie of the Year right now. It's only May. Nobody's taking a snap, much less a snap for real in the fall. Dwayne Haskins, interestingly, is second at the odds that are out right now. Uh, and you can find this on VegasInsider.com, these odds. Uh, Kevin's, uh, Kevin's parent uh, company there. Uh, interesting that Haskins is 7-1. to one. The Raiders running back, Josh Jacobs, is 9-1. to one. We mentioned Daniel Jones earlier, the quarterback for the Giants, is 18-1. to one. What do you think, besides Kyler Murray, I, I guess Dwayne Haskins is your next guy that you're liking him as a, as a possibility uh, for Rookie of the Year. Anybody else that stands out on this list? I mean, again, it goes back to skill position players. I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, a, a defensive player or someone else, I, I just can't predict that. But, uh, you know, as far as, you know, Dwayne Haskins goes, you know, that's a guy that, uh, you know, given the time that uh, he could end up being a, a decent player for the Redskins this year. But uh, some of these other players, you know, running backs, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it just 
it, it all comes down to opportunity for these guys. And that's what it is that, you know, it's hard. You know, if all of them are starting to, to begin the season, then I feel like it's an easier argument, but when some may not play, you don't know when they're going to come in. It, it, it's just, that's where that award gets tough because this isn't like the NBA where they're going to get plugged right in and play where some of these guys may not play immediately. And then, you know, they're not going to get an opportunity to do anything. Well, and the Alabama running back, Josh Jacobs going to the Raiders, you know, look, they, they have had some, some great success with first round picks. Mark Ingram obviously won the Heisman trophy, went to the saints, uh, had some good success. Derek Henry won the Heisman trophy, went to the Titans and has come into his own. But they, then again, in the top five, very famously had Trent Richardson go to the Colts, who was awful, uh, and basically flamed out in the NFL inside of a couple of years. I think Josh Jacobs could be good and might be a sleeper for the Raiders as an MVP, uh, as a rookie of the year pick. Uh, he's 9-1 to one on your list. I like that pick, just real quick, late in the first round. They didn't take him in the top 10, much less in the top 5, and the Raiders needed a running back. So that might, that might end up being a good one, and he's a, he's a good blocker and can catch the ball as well out of the backfield for John Gruden. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if uh, the Raiders' offense can kind of get it together. Now Marshawn Lynch is out of the picture, so the Raiders need a running back, and you wonder if uh, if John Gruden got one of these right. Yep, we'll see. Listen, you've done uh, great work with me here in the offseason. We're going to come back again next week. We might touch on some NBA and NHL playoffs. There's always the NFL that never seems to go out of style. Uh, some of the bigger events in sports. Kevin, thank you for hopping on again on another edition of Three Dog Thursday, including talking the Draft Day movie. I appreciate it, sir. All right, you got it, TJ. There is Kevin Rogers. My thanks also to Jay Betzel, my co-host on the We've Seen That podcast, as he, Kevin, and I talked about the Draft Day movie with Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner. That'll do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. However you found the show, through RedCircle.com and their podcasting, through iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes. Follow Kevin at V.I. Rogers. V.I. Rogers for Vegas Insider. He's a great follow. Uh, And again, follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. We'll be back again next week with another edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs and a little more in the offseason. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.